0: So last week we were talking about your weight loss journey. I hate calling it a journey because that makes it seem like you're gagging around left and right. Da, 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 da. No, you're on a quest, man. You are on yeah. a stallion and you are riding hard right into the gaping maw of a dragon that you are not thinking about slaying but you're actively working on slaying every single day. Yeah, And I want to talk about the whole strategy of bringing people along with you via your social feed. Yeah, Because again, last week we talked about the idea that you need to enlist your army to help you take on the beast. We talked about the idea of some of those army soldiers who are with you are going to turn into really great cheerleaders. And I'm sure you probably have a couple of coaches in there that are regularly giving you a pep talk and a kick in the butt at the same time. Am I right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I would say the coaches are very few. The cheerleaders are uh, a lot and the army, you know, is probably like, I'd say eight, nine, 10, like every time. Every time we post or even outside of social, like, you know, Facebook Messenger or a text message. It's interesting that you talk about coaches because I think that coaches are really important. I think that coaches are a thing that most human beings need to find one and help them get through what they're trying to get through. What's weird about me when it comes to this conversation of coaches is that I think that you can also have a coach from a distance. And this is going to sound weird, but this is something that I started, gosh, back in 2013, I would look for online mentors and I would just pay attention to who they are, what they do, how they do it, how they say it. Like, so back in the day, it was, you know, Obviously, I worked for Marcus Sheridan, so I was paying attention to him back in the day. Then I was paying attention to people like Cliff Ravenscraft. I was paying Mm -hmm. attention to Jay Bear. I was paying attention to, gosh, uh, Joey Coleman, Ian Altman. Uh, You know, how many other names can I drop? But I was paying attention to these, what at that time might have been B-listers, soon to be A-listers. And I was just looking for any information that I could say, I want to take not all of it. I don't want to copy. I want to take a piece of this, right? I want to take a piece of that. And, and I was trying to build myself into what I envisioned that I could be through digital mentors in the understanding of I can't afford a coach, right? Not, not right now. Now, will I be able to afford a coach in the future? Probably. Will I hire a coach in the future? Most likely, um, Do I feel like I need a coach? No, because of this like journey that I've been on on kind of, yo for a while, it was like Gary V, right? Right. But then I had to be like, you know what? There's another little piece of me that I think is going to be a little bit more important than hustling my face off till I'm in the hospital for three and a half days.
0: Right.
1: That's a whole other story.
0: The funny thing you just said there, George, is that you and I are exactly the same in that regard. And again, it comes down to, I've got kids who are going to college. I can't afford coaches. I'm barely able to keep them in cars and clothes, you know, much less having the luxury of throwing a couple of who knows what's at in terms of dollars at a coach. However, I'll go down my list very quickly. They've been on the podcast and, you know, George B. Thomas, He's one of my coaches. You know, he doesn't say we, ne- we never talk about this stuff if we're, if we're not recording a podcast episode, but I'm watching what you're doing, who you are, what you do and how you do it. I'm doing the same thing with Andy Crestedina, who he is, what he does, how he does it. He does things differently. He's way more data driven than I ever am, but I'm learning a ton from him. Same thing with Mark Schaefer. Neil Schaefer, the Schaefer boys who are yeah. not from the same family, but certainly with the same last name, spelled differently, I will add. These people are all teaching me. Molly Mahoney's another one. Kate Toon from Australia is another one. You know, you can find those coaches out there, and I'm going to coin a term. Get ready to write this down. Uh-oh. It's not active coaching that you would expect of a coach who's actually staring at your face to face and helping you out. It's osmotic coaching coaching where you Mm -hmm. via osmosis learn and get coached by these people and they don't even know you're there dude dude so it's interesting that you bring this up
1: because you and i both know that there are some things that we do by design and there are these little moments that happen like well huh isn't that interesting so for instance when i invoked the army on my socials i was thinking of People who use HubSpot, people who go to social media marketing world, people who are other speakers, who are other YouTubers, like that was like, okay, come on, fam, help me out. Like, I'm going to do this thing. I did not realize how many people from my community would see me walking every single day who don't know me on social, some do, most don't, who would then stop me Three months, six months, seven months later and be like, I mean, I have had people stop their car, roll down their window and say, I just want you to know you are an inspiration. I'm just walking my dog. Like, what, what do you mean? You're not even we're not friends on social. How can I be an inspiration? Multiple people are like, I'm going to get out and walk. I can do this. I I see this guy. I had a guy hit me up on Facebook Messenger. He goes, I just want you to know that almost on a daily basis, my kids tell me if Mr. George has made it to our house or not today. And you don't realize, and the word osmosis, what you just coined, is really, you don't realize that your actions, even though you're trying to display them in one place, are being seen in many other places that you may not even be paying attention to. And you're radically changing lives with your brand, not because you're trying to put out a message, but because your brand is simply being who it is.
0: This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by Culture Chicken Brand Egg. What's that? It's one of my most requested presentations now available as in-person live or virtual online presentations. If you've got a group or association that loves presentations that inspire, inform, entertain, and get you going at the same time, we should talk. Head on over to dpknuton.com slash speaking to download my full speaker media kit today. And let's start talking about how I can help you get your party started. Longtime listeners of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast will recognize these three phrases, who you are, what you do, and how you do it. I think of those as the three pillars of nonfiction branding and creating a truly, completely true, completely you nonfiction brand. What you're talking about, you've told us a story that actively demonstrates a personal brand in action And that brand has put out no inspirational quotes on Instagram has not gone door to door and said, look at me and how great I am. It's just you being who you are doing what you do and showing people how you do it in a regular way. I'm reminded of, and I'm an old boy scout back in the day. I was a boy scout. I was two merit badges away from being an Eagle scout when I discovered girls and goodbye boy scouts. Hello ladies anyway one of the things you learn as a boy scout and i'm sure you did while serving in the navy was that you always police wherever you are your your bunk your uh, the grounds whatever you always leave where you are serving better than it was when you got there we'd always go around the campsite picking up cigarette butts how many of us were smoking cigarettes none of us didn't matter we always cleaned up well that kind of ethos that kind of morality Is so ingrained in me that when I take my dogs for a walk, I always bring extra dog bags. And there are a lot of people who don't clean up after their dogs. Well, I'm not going to live in that kind of world, so I'm going to clean that up. And people have seen this and commented. It's like, that wasn't yours. I go, I know, but this park is ours and I want a better park for my kids. And I don't like stepping in dog, you know, whatever, remainder. So that's another example of what I would call you expressing your brand in a way that people can engage with it osmotically. They may never talk to you, but they know, well, that guy's a good guy because he's always cleaning up after his dog. And I think other people's dog. That's interesting. Yeah. Going above and beyond.
1: It's interesting because uh, honestly, you're kind of giving me a coach moment right here, DP, is I actually learned from my parents what you're saying at a young age, because when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money and we always rented. We never owned. My parents didn't own a home until I was long gone and like doing my own thing. And I remember vividly my dad saying to me, look, you always treat it like it's yours and you leave it better than you found it. And it's funny that you mentioned the military because I, he was in the military. So I'm sure that's where he got it. But from a young age, I was taught that. And as you were saying that, I had an oh my God moment. Because one of my brand essences is I just want to leave the person or the world better than when I found it. And to the point where if you go to my George B. Thomas website, it's literally trainer, speaker, catalyst, meaning the catalyst for growth or change for individuals. And so like, it's just so ingrained that I don't even think about it, but it's so ingrained that it's seen without happening to talk
0: about it. And it's authentic because you don't have to talk about it. My God, one of the things that I hate about people who are kind of personal brands with a capital P and a capital B is that they're always telling you about what kind of brand they are instead of simply just showing you and being it. Like recently, Chadwick Boseman died, right? Yes. The guy who played Black Panther in the worldwide blockbuster film and in a whole bunch of other great films. After he passed, we saw a lot of videos of him talking and all that stuff. Well, he told a story about how he was able to go to this big theater seminar type thing in in England. Well, it turns out that Felicia Rashad was one of the teachers at Howard University, and she would get on the phone to all her stars, African-American stars. Howard is a historically black college. And she would get on the phone with these stars and say, hey, listen, I need you to pay for someone to go to this seminar. And Chadwick Bozeman was able to go because she talked to Denzel Washington about paying for this young, promising young student. Yeah. Guess what? Nobody knew that story. No one knew it about Chadwick Bozeman. No, no one knew it about Felicia Rashad. And no one certainly knew it about Denzel Washington. Yeah, because they were living their brands in a way that gives them credit and honor long after the event. Yeah. That to me is the true essence and definition of authenticity.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it comes down to you and it's interesting. I'm going to go two places here real quick. It comes down to that you give because you want to give, you don't give because you want to get. And sure, I understand in our marketing space, there's this whole thing of reciprocity, whatever, I give, I post, I say, I do just because that's who I am, not because I'm necessarily trying to get anything out of it. Right. Now, will good come? Sure, absolutely. I, I challenge people, if-, if you're not friends with me on Facebook, go and friend me on Facebook. I challenge you to look at my feed and to actually like just go down the, the feed. More times than not, DP, if you think in what I'm about to tell you, you'll go, huh, More times than not, on my Facebook page, I am preaching to myself more than I am preaching to others. I am putting out a reminder for me to think this way, to be this way, to do it this way. Because I need a constant reminder of I'm building a brand that is around being a happy, helpful, humble human. And I need to continue to look at things that will help me be a happy, helpful, humble human And the osmosis of my brand is that I'm creating, hopefully through time, between now and when I die, a whole bunch of
0: other people who are happy, helpful, humble humans. That's right. It's working, man, because you see the, in a world where, you know, we're all challenged with, maybe it feels a little bit net negative out there, you know, net challenging. We're in the midst of an election that is truly divisive and all that stuff, you know, and it's just exhausting. If you go to your feed, I'm feeling none of that negative. And I'm not saying you're a Pollyanna happy guy. I mean, you've done some posts that admit like, eh, I didn't do too well today. Yeah. You know, I so mean, you're honest, but it's always net positive.
1: Yeah. So I think there's a silver lining to everything. And there have been posts where I'm like, woo, today sucked. But I learned this thing through the suck. which, by the way, I'm a firm believer that it's actually through the struggles through the chaos that we actually grow the most when it comes to personality person. Right. And so, you know, one of, I I was going to say this on the last episode, but one of my, and by the way, as I say this, I don't want anybody to think that it is about Facebook engagement. I could give two squats less with that said, one of the most engaged with posts is a post that (laughs) the first line said, I missed my goal. It was literally, FYI, I missed my goal. And then it goes in to talk about, and it was on my birthday, September 26th of 2020. So if you wanna go back and read it, it's this long post, the longest post I've ever written on Facebook, by the way. It is the longest. I literally wrote it in Grammarly and copied and pasted it into Facebook because it was so stinking long, but I wanted to get it right. And I wanted people to, even though I missed the goal, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm gonna reset on, here's what I'm gonna do moving forward. And I turned what was for me a very negative day, dang gone at George, you were supposed to hit this weight and you didn't, into this positive, like people just like going nuts on, I'm gonna reset too. One of my best friends, I went over to his house that night. He's like, hey, just so you know, I decided to reset with my family
0: because I read your post. See, when you share of who you truly are, you can never know who's going to need that message, that story, that sharing on any given day. But the thing I can guarantee you is if you don't do that kind of sharing or that type of post, you'll never, ever achieve the type of uplift in yourself and others that truly sharing of yourself can do. Yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, when we were talking about osmotic coaching, which I think is now going to need a TM on the end of it. I was thinking of a regular listener to this podcast who lives in Buenos Aires, Argentina, my friend, Pablo Killian. Now, I don't know Pablo, never met him in person. We've engaged via social media. And early on, when I started this podcast, I was like, oh, I'd love to talk to someone from Argentina. Let's get him on the podcast. So I get him on here and it turns out that he's just a normal guy working an office job in Buenos Aires, which is very exotic if you ask me. But we started talking and he is literally going to school on a whole lot of the people we we discussed in this episode and last episode, because he wants to bring that type of energy, learning, teaching down to South America, down to Argentina, you know, I don't think he ever wants to be the Gary Vaynerchuk of Buenos Aires, but he definitely wants to learn from that which is going on up here and apply it down there and especially translated into Spanish. Yeah. And that's an example of you have no idea how far your arms reach may be. The fact that I have a friend named Pablo in Buenos Aires that I've never met in person thrills me. And it also gives me that feedback, which is, oh, I'm not just throwing this out there to nobody. There are people out there actively with their baseball mitts open waiting to catch it.
1: Yeah. First of all, there's a nugget that I don't want to leave laying on the floor that you just kind of stated in your last segment. You said, I don't think Pablo wants to be the Gary V of Argentina. I hope not, because who he should be is the Pablo of Argentina. Absolutely. We cannot go into this fight with like, I'm gonna be the next X, Y, Z. No, 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 no. The mentality is I'm gonna be the best DP I can be. I'm gonna be the best George B I can be. I'm gonna be the best Don Stanley I can be. I'm gonna be the, whoever the heck you are, you're like, who can I be in 10 years? Who can I be in 15 years? Who can I be in three months? Like. You should always be chasing the best version of yourself, not last week's version of somebody. Like, I can't preach that enough. The yep. second piece that you said is somebody is out there ready to catch it. Bro, you just never know. You, like, I had a gentleman come up to me last inbound when we were able to, like, meet in as a group. He thanked me for all the content that I created, which, by the way, you're the same way. We work at home. Right. You never see these people we get a few comments on like some YouTube, you know, or whatever, but it's like, eh, it's, it's really anybody paying attention. He, he came from Israel and literally like, he's like, Hey, for all that you've done, I just want to give you this gift. And like gives me this gift from Israel. And I'm like, how, how dope is that? Yeah. Like what, what world do we live in that I can sit in my house in North Carolina create some dumb videos, being stupid, talking about HubSpot. And it's literally changing this guy's life where he thinks enough of me to come thousands of miles to Inbound, come to see me speak at Inbound and hands me a gift. Like, come
0: on. Yeah. If you needed any confirmation that you are having an impact, you got it right there. And you can take that one person who actually expressed it and probably multiply it by 10, 100, 1,000. Who knows? But the whole point is, and I got to say this again, the whole point is you're getting that confirmation because you're putting it out there in spite of the fact sometimes you think there's nobody listening. And I want to go back on something you maybe said two segments
1: ago, putting it out there. I, I learned this lesson years ago, and we may have talked about it on a previous episode. I don't know. But the magic moments of your life will only happen when you are secure enough to be vulnerable. And I was taught this, I was sitting at Cheesecake Factory, Marcus Sheridan, I was getting ready to do my first keynote speech, and we're sitting at Cheesecake Factory. He said, if you do not share with the folks this piece of information, it won't be magical. And I said, you are out of your mind. I have been running from that for 25 years. I'm not sharing that piece of information. By the way, for all the listeners, I'm on this podcast, I've done the things that I've done, become the person that I've become, and I'm a high school dropout. But I wasn't going to tell anybody that information. They did, it was on a need-to-know basis, and frankly, you didn't need to know. Right. And he was like, if you will be vulnerable, if you will do that, your, your first keynote out the gate will be magical. And so I was like, okay. So my first screen of the keynote, I, it was a black, green, white text says, I'm a high school dropout. The crowd started laughing, and I quietly said, I'm a high school dropout. There was a couple little, ha <laughs> and then all of a sudden, dead quiet, you could hear a pin drop, and I said for a third time, I'm a high school dropout. The rest of the keynote was about marketing and metrics and analyzing, but everybody was listening for the entire time because I was willing to be vulnerable. And my, my call to action to everybody listening to this, DP, would be that they would just be secure enough to be vulnerable just long enough to see that magic moment happen. Because once you see it once, you're like, I'm in it to win it. I will do this for the rest of my life. And at that keynote, I had a lady come up to me. And she said, hey, your math teacher story, because by the way, I'm a high school dropout because a math teacher told me I would never amount to anything and I believed him. So be careful what you believe, people. She said, I really connect with your math teacher story. For me, that was my mother. And we sat and talked for 20 minutes about family and forgiveness. And when she walked out the door, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, my God, George, I am so glad you told me that story, because as I alluded to in the first episode, I'm writing a section of my new book about George B. Thomas. Do you want to know what the name of that section is, George? Oh, geez, I'm I'm scared. Well, initially, well, the funny thing is, initially, it was going to be about you planting your flag in HubSpot, you know, making that a key part of your brand and all that stuff. But then I saw what you were doing with your quest toward losing the weight. And all that stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is perfect for another section that I wanted to write. That section is called The Unbelievable Attractivity of Vulnerability. Mm. And it's all about that. I mean, Brene Brown, huge fan of her and her work. Anybody wants to learn about vulnerability, you better get her books all day long. But when it comes to building vulnerability into your personal brand or being authentically vulnerable in your personal brand the story you just told, guess what? I'm going to take this transcript, those verbatim words from George B. Thomas and plug them straight into the book. So thank you, thank you, thank you, George, for that wonderful wisdom that you shared. But I can only guess if I were in your audience, anyone listening can put themselves in, in a seat at that presentation and go, wow, by the third time you said that, I would have been part shocked, part just totally knocked for a loop and totally silent, because I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I had, I had a gentleman who we've now been longtime
1: friends. He came up to me after, and he said, dude, I thought you were joking. And then I realized you weren't. And now I feel like an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so like, you know, and, and so there's this, the thing there is there's like this visceral, emotional, like thing happening inside of him as a human being where he's like, I, I'm done. Like, I just got to listen. I don't know if we're going left or right for the rest of this message. Right. And, and it's funny that you bring up Brene Brown too, because DP I've often, like I've had curiosity again, not wanting to be somebody else, but I've wondered will there ever be and should it be me the male version of a brene brown who talks about and unleashes this power for men who are supposed to be the hunters the providers the we don't live by emotions like we 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 got this like is there supposed to be something that i'm unlocking which by the way my wife would laugh because she when we first got married is like do you have emotions Am I supposed to be unlocking this potential in men of, look, embrace it. Like embrace the flaws because your flaws are what is going to change others around. We wouldn't be having this story. We wouldn't be on this episode. We wouldn't be talking about a journey if I wasn't fat. And if I didn't choose to go from being fat to not being fat and share it with the world and say, hey, I weighed 320 pounds. You know how scary that is to put on the internet? Yeah. But people, check me out because I'm going to do this. You know how scary that is to put on the internet? Yeah. Because if you miss it, bro, so be vulnerable. Look at your flaws and go, how can I change my flaw and how can I take people along for the ride with me?
0: Yeah. Well, and the key thing there is to recognize that the flaw exists or the challenge exists, period, Wow, we could go on. Yeah, well, no, no, (laughs) about a whole new podcast begins. I think we got to come up with the Male Vulnerability Podcast where we talk about such things. Wow, so much to chew on, so much to think about. And thank you so much, George, for being such a fantastic super sharer. You know, we're living through events now that people talk about super spreaders. Well, there's a super sharer thing going on too, which is (laughs) where people share of themselves who they are, what they do and how they do it and the results are transformative. You know, the fact that Marcus talked to you into telling people about being a high school dropout and that single data point would turn your presentation from prosaic to wow. He was absolutely right yeah. because that was that was like the baseball that goes straight through the plate glass window. Everybody had a plate glass window up before you started talking. The second you threw that baseball that plate glass window went away and all of a sudden heads open hearts opened and hopefully a ton of people got the message
1: yeah that's 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 the thing dude heads and hearts when when you can get get them to connect and and think alike anyway
0: yeah well anyway i am talking with george b thomas as you can see what a great guest for the nonfiction brand podcast he's been on before a couple of times and i'm sure you'll be back frequently i'm so thrilled to have you here george how can people connect with you online? Yeah, it's, it's been my pleasure, DP. And I, I do always love
1: just being able to come to the table and offer of myself what the world has kind of given me and, and taught me. I hope when I say this, people actually do connect because for me, as I said earlier in the podcast, it is about becoming a catalyst for folks, leaving folks better than I found them. If they're sad, I want to see them smile. And so if you're sad or if you're happy, come and connect with me. The big place is on Facebook, Mr. George B. Thomas. If I was to go any other social platforms on Twitter, it's at George B. Thomas, LinkedIn is George B. Thomas. But again, Facebook is where I'm just kind of laying it all out. There's some work, there's some personal, there's a lot of journey. And also if they are looking for kind of the agency services, want to learn more about HubSpot, branding, website
0: design, then George at ImpulseCreative.com is my email address. Great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, George. I'd like to remind everybody that if you like this podcast, give it a thumbs up like, refer it to other people, subscribe if you're into it, but could you really do me a solid and could you write a review wherever you get this podcast? Because that really, really helps people find it. Until next time, I'm DP Knuton for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast and he is George V. Thomas. And I'll be talking at you again next Monday. Bye-bye.